Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at the Cliff Dorfman Show Part 2 with Michael Polish. Uh, that first part was incredible. Ooh. Yeah, I don't even want to waste any more time. Right, I just get want to get it. back into it. All right. All right. Michael, yes, sir. you're out of college. Yes. And you have you have done the grand illusion. You fucked them. You said, <laughs> I am now you. Nope. <laughs> and they know. Now you're out in the world. Yeah. You've graduated. Yeah, I graduated. And your brother, you're still yeah, living together? We're living together. And By catalogs. This is, yeah. Basically across the street. And we hatched the idea of, at that point. He was getting more into acting. Okay. And I said, well... What does that mean? He's well, he's, well, he started to... Like, he was doing a lot more plays. Yeah. And he always was more into theater in high school. And he did a little... He was on more of that side of the of that camera. Okay. And I was always more technical. And I said, well, since we sort of are doing the what we want to be doing, you want to act? I said, I'll direct. I know how to work the camera. So let's start thinking of doing a project together. Let's start with a short. And so we... We wrote on a typewriter, a 10-page. Um, Do you remember the brand of typewriter? No. I love typewriters. I oh, I love typewriters, typewriters. But no, this was, was the silver one that looked like concrete. You know, It was more of like the IBM sort of. Mode. Oh, yes. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. So not the older, older was yeah, like, no, brrr, like yeah. more like the word yeah, process with yeah, the ball with the cartridge. Ball. Yeah. With okay. the earth, with all the. Got well, it. Like gray. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. And so we started writing. Short. It started writing short, but also learning the formats of scripts the interior exterior that cut cut twos cut so you just start reading scripts yeah, start reading you get your hands and, on. and and very just, much like the mel gibson thing very much you know yeah. anything you get your hands on to yeah. find out who that was so let me find out how to do this and so we started formatting and i i wrote it about um mexican boxing that happened in my neighborhood which were kids would get together every week and this is your first short yeah what's it called um bajo de peril which is called under the dog it's and it was based on and it was based, and it was shot in black and white because it felt more 16? like... 16? Yeah, 16. Mm-hmm. And it was... What'd you shoot on, an eclair or what? Uh, yeah, an Aeroflex. Oh, 16 millimeter yeah. Aeroflex. I, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it was, a, so it wasn't nice. a single system. It was, it was the one that ran sync sound with it already. And... Okay. So the Mexican boxing. Yeah. We had Mexican boxing. And it was, I said, you could play one of the roles and we could do this and, and... But this that is a has, subculture that people did not yeah, know it was, about. Yeah, and Mexican boxing is great, and they're just warriors in their own sense. And, Explain to people who don't know what it is. Um, what's well, like typical? <laughs> what's well, typical boxing? But the thing about Mexican, they're just real fighters. They just have a mentality, mm-hmm. like the Chavez's of the world. And well, their Oscar, jab is sideways. Yeah, yeah their jab is sideways. And Oscar De La Hoya was just a wonderful guy to watch, and one of all, the best. Yeah, just like a ballet. Yeah, guy. just and he would change. And you associated it with Rocky, and Rocky brought this this great white hope feeling, and anybody could do this. Yeah, anybody could do it. You could be Italian stallion, right? And his story of just making the movie, you started to, you know, his parallel to making Rocky's is parallel to just being in the industry, right? And so we did this movie called Under the Dog, and we shot in sixteen, and I learned a lot from that because I cut it myself. I ended up learning how to run a Steenbeck. I was going to say you cut it on a yeah, movie yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, like. Steam back and it was a, it was, yeah, and snapped it, taped it. Old school. And I learned how to sync sound, dailies up. And Taught yourself? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you teach I, yourself? I, I had a friend that was, I had a friend that was an old editor. It's not a small thing. No. And it's it a was, big skill. And it, yeah. And, but it was mechanical and I couldn't, I could understand it. I could understand it was movie making and there was no other alternative than film. Right. There was 
video, but video had no quality that you wanted to be associated with because it was video. It was soccer games or birthday parties or <laughs> kids at talent shows. Yes, it was not. There was no look to it there was that no was look acceptable. To it. The depth of field was 100 sharp, you know, 100 yards. There was nothing that gave you that feeling, the warmth of it. Right. Um, so you're locked into film. So I'm locked into film. Teach yourself this fucking skill of not only syncing the dailies and the sound and cutting the sound, but editing in and of itself. The thing was, I hired an I hired an editor to cut it, so I so I would relieve myself from even learning it. Mm -hmm. And this probably started my becoming a filmmaker at this point. Her name was um, Shauna Callahan, and Mm -hmm. she was working as an assistant for this editor named Janice who were, they were doing a John Waters project at the time. Mm. And she said, on my days off, I'll come cut it as a favor. But she couldn't get off. She goes, could, could you at least sync the daily so when I get ready, I can cut? Mm. And, I, and, I, and I said, okay. <laughs> and so yeah. I took all the film, I laid it up, and I had bins, trash can bins with hooks. And she goes, this is how you run it together, side by side. She taught you. Yeah, side by side. And she goes, where the, where you hear the clap, you have an earphone, you hear the clap, that's your grease mark. And your grease mark is first for first frame. And that's the sound with picture. And you line those together and they'll run together. And, and she took the time to teach you and that. She t- and then she left. And <laughs> she said, I'll see you in a, I'll see you in a week. Right. I'll be ready to cut. And I finished it in two days. And I said, I'm ready by Monday. She goes, you synced your whole movie up in a week. And I said, I have nothing else to do. So I just... How are you supporting yourself? Nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. I got nothing else to do, but how are you supporting yourself? Are you working? Yeah, everything was odd odd jobs. What were your jobs? Painting and... and, What, painting houses? Painting houses, painting rooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, you... What qualified you to do that? You had a brush? A roller? (laughs) Yeah. Cal Arts? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, this is where... He can connect the dots. That's why he's here. Yeah, he's that good. Yeah. It's, it's a subtle thing. I'm telling you. You think it's not, but it is. Yeah. It goes deep. Okay, yeah. so you calarts. Yeah. Good one, man. That was a really good one. So you Cal- painted. Calarts are the house painters. And, and is your be- brother bringing in any money, like in this relationship, or yeah, is it just like he, you have to bring on the bacon? No, we're doing both. So he's doing odd jobs. You're doing odd your jobs. jobs. And and I had a really nice girlfriend at the time that also helped support me at that time. Uh-huh. Um, what year it, are we talking? About right now, eighty nine. Yeah, this 89, is this 90. is eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. This is um ninety two because I went four years of college. Eighty eight to ninety two again. Yeah, <laughs> ninety two. I thought I was all right and I yeah. was wrong. 90. I just want to figure out what John Waters movie was going on. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I keep thinking was it Pussy Willow. Was it Serial Mom? Maybe it might have been. Cereal That's why Mom. I just said Pussy Willow. Yeah, yeah. I said Pussy Willow. Yeah, but, or uh, what was that one? Kathleen Cry Baby, maybe. Oh, Cry Baby, Johnny Depp, Tracy Lords. It was one of those movies. And so she she comes back. Now and you're doing these odd jobs. Your brother's doing yeah, these odd, odd jobs, jobs, and and we're and taking handouts doing. wherever we can get it. Mm-hmm. Are your parents helping you at all? No, my dad, my mom, no money, no nothing. You're on no, your it's own. like the greatest situation at that point was McDonald's was having a have their special two for two, so you get two burgers and two fries and the dollar menu. You know, and oh, I remember that. you could get Ooh. two of everything, mm-hmm. so we don't have to buy one. Oh, the twin, and thing. so it was like a twin meal. Yeah, it was a total That's twin the meal. Universe, yeah, right there, and so. Where I would you? wait till later. I'm going to interrupt. I'm trying not to, but I'll, I would wait till later in the day. Like I wouldn't eat all day because I couldn't afford it. Then I'd buy like the two Big Macs and the two fries and I'd eat it all at once. So I'd be so sick yeah. after yeah. that I couldn't eat again till later the next day when I could buy two more Big Macs. Yeah. Please continue. So that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> whatever it took. Yeah. That's all. Whatever it fucking took, which yeah. is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything you got, you put into this. Yeah. And all your time and everything. 
So you put um, this thing together. She comes back. Does she edit she, it with you? She ed- she cuts it, mm-hmm. and I'm behind her. She's the j- jockey. She's cutting it all and teaching me a lot about editing. At that point, I did know, you know watching movies and going to college, you did get to see a lot of editing. You got to see. Right, you're not in sort, the dark. But I'm not in the dark. And right. It's not totally blind. So I formed a relationship with her, and at that time I was with a girl named um, Joe, and she was from England and she was very, very familiar with the band Sade and they went to college together, her and Sade. And so they formed a relationship and they were touring on an album called love deluxe where no ordinary love was. And she was touring on the love deluxe tour. She was friends with Sade and, and the, and the band. And I didn't realize in the eighties and even in the early nineties that Sade was actually a band. I just thought she fronted and there was, right. but she's actually was. That's signed. what I thought. Yeah. She also, was, yeah I'm she, with you. She signed as a band. She has three members plus mm-hmm. her and she's continually with these boys. Right. And one day she's, and Joe said, I'm going to go see the boys in the band. And to me, I'm, I'm not quite sure I connected the dots. She goes, no, come with me. And they're getting ready to go on the Arsenio Hall show. Uh-huh. Right. I love that and, show. Sorry. Yeah. I really did. I used to watch it religiously. Yeah. And so they were in Universal getting ready for their tour and they were going to pop over to Arsenio. So I walked in, there you see the boys in the band, then you get to see the lady and you see Shade and you go, this is just enough. I mean, she's, every, she's just beautiful. She's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah, she's got I mean, a beautiful voice and she's kind uh, and sort of invited, invited me into the world and their guitar player who helps uh, compose and write her music, his name is Stuart Matthewman, he was getting into movie scores. And I just happened to say, hey, I'm doing this short, would you do the score for me? He said, I would love to. So and this is what I love about really great artists. doesn't matter that he's touring on yeah. a platinum album, he's doing yeah. Arsenio, I would fucking love to score your short. Yeah, and so he... I mean, that's beautiful. He paid for it, he did it, and he was... <laughs> I started to see the community at that point, being out of college, that there is a community of artists out in the world that... Right. Everybody does help each other out in some way or manner. So what happens with the short? Because this is, so I, so, aside from giving you massive yeah. amounts of confidence, what um, else happens with it? There's this way you learn the festival circuit, right? And you're quick. You're quick. You've got to do something with this. But you don't know that every, everything has to be transferred. So you start having these video cassettes. And you do art for the video cassette. So, so my design came into it. So I started doing you the posters. You were able to do the posters The and posters everything. and the graphics and the design and i started to we i applied to probably 20 uh-huh. and which every fucking yeah everyone was in there at that time it $20. was 25 yeah. 50 bucks at the most yeah. but and that's still five hundred thousand yeah. bucks yeah. you want to submit your film and on top of everything else i it started to win and so i went, what's the first festival you won i won san antonio cinefest it was latin heavy and james edward almost was the host of there and I started to see that, oh, there's there's a Latin community that would love to represent this movie. So I started to apply to to more heavily Latin festivals and started to see this movie can play to an audience that's probably underserved. But at that point, I'm not thinking anything's underserved. Right. I just made a movie about um, Mexican well, boxing. Well, you knew, though, yeah. also. You grew up in it, right? Yeah. I mean, so you had an idea about it. Yeah, and so it started going around, and then the DGA was hosting shorts program and 
when they wanted to show it. And at that time, that's exciting. I went down there, and, and so they, what are the credits at this point on it? It's you as a director, yeah, and Mark right. as an actor. Actor, and, and I think we shared co-writing. Okay, but I'm not quite sure at that. And it was really small. Mm-hmm. But they wanted me to deliver the film on film so they could put it in their in their right, projector. projector. So I walk down there and I have a can and I'm walking down Stanley and then on Sunset across Fairfax, <laughs> going to the DJ building and they, <laughs> they well, yeah, they watched yeah. They watched the film and that's so exciting, great. Though. I walk. You're screening your yeah. movie. Have you ever seen it on a screen that big? Uh, not that big. I mean, what was that like? You're was, sitting in that fucking audience. Yeah. It must have been intense. Yeah, it was Do you surreal it? because I wasn't quite sure that what the DJ really was. I knew what SAG was, but I didn't know even directors had a guild and everybody had a guild at that point. So I'm also learning the business at and the, the same time. Insurance. The DJ has the best insurance. <laughs> the yeah. best insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Continues, please. I know. Sorry. That's. <laughs> Just, uh, that's a good shout yeah, out. Yeah, it gets me a little. Yeah, it gets, excited gets me excited too. About it. Yeah, so go on. They, um, so you don't know what the DGA is, but you know this is yeah, not this is small. this is prolific. And then you look at it, and you go, it's Directors Guild of America, and very few members, even at that point, yep. still have very few members. Yeah. I'm walking home, and two things happen. One, I come home, and this guy crosses the street, and he's walking his dog, and he goes, "What's in your can?" Oh, it's my film. And he goes, what'd you make? I said, oh, I made this black and white movie about boxing. He goes, hey, if you don't mind, if you have a video of it, just drop it off. I live four houses from here. I said, I've seen you around. I said, I've seen you. Go, What's your name? He goes, my name's John Grice. And wow. <laughs> Real genius. I mean, yeah. like, this is. Yeah. And he goes, you're old, man. <laughs> you're sleeping with me in the dorms. <laughs> I mean, that is. Yeah. And so you just. I, I wasn't. <laughs> You know, you put it together, but you put it together by images. Yeah. So you start connecting. And he said, so I went and I put it on his doorstep. And <laughs> it's a few days before he even, I have to see him on the street because he doesn't have my phone number and there's no way of contacting me until I, I'm walking my dog until we run into each other. But, but you didn't put like the contact number on the I artwork? did. And I said, I only live a few uh-huh. houses up from you. Right. Um, things happen by days and not by minutes like they do now. So mm-hmm. days go by. But during that time... It's a really interesting distinction. Yeah. Though things did happen by days. Yeah. And you're right. They do yeah. happen by minutes now. Yeah. If someone doesn't read my script right away, I'm yeah. like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, give them a week. Yeah. You know, give them a couple of weeks. Totally. <laughs> it really has changed. So it's really that's changed. That's a really it, smart point. The, okay. the idea... During that time, I get a phone call and Disney... One a Disney executive was in the audience. Her name was Janet Blake, and she was <laughs> over here in Buena Vista. <laughs> she goes, "You, I got your number from another person that knows you, and we loved your movie so much. We can't give you money, and we can't pay you, and there's nothing we can do to help you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we just wanted to tell you that. But we want to tell you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a grant." And we're going to make it up. And so Disney makes up this grant out of nowhere and puts my name on it. Well, why did they have to do that as opposed they didn't to just... Have, they didn't have to do it. But no, there, no. Was, there, was no, there was no infrastructure to mm-hmm. support independent film. And at that time, there was no infrastructure to even help anybody. But she wanted to help so bad, she found through her administration that they would give a grant. That's amazing. They created a grant. What program was it called? Just for you. These 
they, I don't know what it was called, but my name was on it. It was a check, and she gave me five grand. Fuck. And and that's and I go. That's a sign that I'm on this right path. What do you do with that money? I just don't go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. No, <that's, laughs> but I think are you like are you thinking like oh I want to put this towards another film? Yeah. I, I, or like do yeah, I have and to I, go get some dinner and like take my girl out. I knew it was going to keep me above water. Right. Um. But then John, after I hear that news, John calls me and says i'm working on a movie with um mark Harmon called casualties and mark Harmon was doing these movies and they were coming out of i want to say new image or new something there's a company right up at little santa monica and he goes i'm doing and they're looking for um they're looking for scripts and i think your film's really good can i show you your film and so he is on the set and he gives her a tape and her name was rena ronson she's Started with WME Endeavor, WME wow. Endeavor, and then went over to UTA, and still at UTA today. She said, "I'd like to have a meeting with these guys." I Is she an what, agent at the time? Whoa. No, she was just working as an ex, as, as an executive exam, for this film for, for this film Castles with Mark Harmon. Hmm. And she goes, "I'd like to meet them." So, this is one of our first meetings after hmm. doing a short. And she goes, "Hey guys, what do you got? What do you got?" And I and I pitched her North Fork. Because that was the script we were writing. We were writing North Fork. Oh, you weren't writing Twin, Twin, Twin Falls. Falls. I know. North Fork was, was supposed to be your first movie. Film, yeah. And we were writing that. And, and you pitched it to her. I pitched it to her. She goes, do you have a script? Where was the meeting? Do you remember? Like, Did you meet it at like our place? or was it? Yeah, like we a, met it in her office. Okay, at her office. It wasn't like a coffee shop. Uh, and right. it was fairly close to Century City. Mm-hmm. But it was um, like a real office. It was a real office. There, and you walked you're going in. in. You're nervous yeah. or no? I don't even, not quite sure what's going to transpire because... <laughs> Last person just gave you five grand, yeah, so, you know, what the hell? I'm, you I'm don't know Disney. what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm I just, just bring some in. paint rollers with you just in case. They <laughs> yeah. have a different idea of what they need like, to do for. Yeah. I want to hire this person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just think I'm ready for anything. And so I, we sit down and she goes, do you have a script for that? And I said, yeah, we we finished a version of North Road. We We give it to her. There's no email at that. There was an email at that time. There was email, but there but there wasn't a file sharing program. Mm-hmm. So we we dropped it off, and she read it quite quickly. And we met with her again. She goes, "Guys, this is really ambitious. <laughs> like, it's very ambitious." She goes, "I like the story, but you guys haven't really done anything. So you know, this is probably a three five up movie." Mm-hmm. And we can't see how we're going to finance this. Okay. We're just doing a short. She goes, you guys have anything else? And I said, um, we're working on a movie about Siamese twins. And she goes. And you were? Yeah. Okay. We just started. We were just into it. Mm-hmm. She goes, you give me that, I'll make it. And it was like that. That was the bubble. It's like pop. I'd like, like to hear that wow. once. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. Nope. Give me that, I'll make it. She goes, like, that sounds nice. And she was really intrigued by the whole story because one, twins were there and they could do it. Right. And it was something that she was more in the genre side of everything that, that genre would sell for her. You know, so she's also thinking of a business that I'm not aware of this right. genre thing, you know, mm-hmm. other than maybe horror. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on in that type of business and but she's got a way she can pre-sell it yeah, she's she got a way to get and there, things done oh the company was called transatlantic i remember that uh, yeah transatlantic and then they were absorbed by lakeshore and lakeshore ended up having their footprint over on paramount gary lucchese yeah, yeah. there it is gary lucchese 
I'm a real like freak about film. I swear. It's like, yeah. I don't even know why I know that. Please continue. Yeah. And so Rena helped sell transatlantic to Lakeshore and she was starting to pedal. She's our, a powerhouse. Yeah. She's peddling our script at this time within transatlantic. Little did I know that, that Lakeshore was twin a, falls. She's yeah, peddling. She was peddling. Mm-hmm. You she finished t- that quick, I imagine, because we kind of jumped up. But she's like, give me that. How fast yeah. do you guys go back five, and write Four it? weeks, five weeks. And you just, are you giving her pages? Or no, you just we like- just gave it to her. We actually dropped it off in a vanilla envelope on our apartment doorstep. And she read it over the weekend and then called us and said, I'm going to, you know, we're we're in a transaction. Transatlantic is getting bought by Lakeshore. And, she was, and it's going to be the project I take with me. And I'm going to try to run it up the ladder and get it made. This would be great. Um, yeah. But that's when, you know, as you say, the brakes start getting pumped because yeah. Lakeshore is not going to be doing these types of movies. Um, yeah, because they're phasing out that whole fa- part yeah, of it. Yeah. They like, they we bought like their, some of your catalog. Yeah, they bought their library. Right. We have it. It's real estate that we have. So we're going to look at Twin Falls, Idaho. It pretty much stops dead at that point, even though the conversations with Rena were very fruitful and it was nice to understand her side of the business. It stops it starts to slow down. So this two right. months of powerhouse starts to turn into six months, seven months, eight mm-hmm. months. And there's no traction on this script. Right. There's no traction. And so we, I, I talked to Rena and Rena goes, I'm not sure we can get it made here. Um, let's see what we can do. And so we started to look at other production companies. She's still staying on. She's still staying on. Nice. Although she has her job at Lakeshore now. She really believes in you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's awesome. It's and, not that and, often. And we, <laughs> we had this idea that, well, this, you know, at that point, it might be a million dollar move, might be two million dollar movie, because they're starting to think of these effects to put the twins together. And at that point, you're going to shoot film. You're going to, right. You're going to have to do the artwork for that, di- digitize it, do it, hopefully put it back to film or do some layering or inner positive stuff. I could feel that it was not going to happen. So Mark and I said, let's start showing people how this could be made because they can't visualize the twins. This is what's probably stopping this project, even though they love the script. Hmm. So this is why I took inherently Mark kind of knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea was let's start doing pictures at least. What do they look like? What's the suits? So we started to do pictures, um, starting to show the di- the diagram of how these twins are connected. Mm-hmm. You're drawing it out. Yeah, drawing it out. And mm-hmm. then John's girlfriend, John Grace's girlfriend at the time was going to Art Center. And so you maintained a friendship yeah. with John. Yeah, because he, I started to see him every day. He right. started to become a really close friend. And really show you. And it's really, it really is. And he started to really show you Hollywood because his dad was a director. His brother was an editor. His mom was at Mary Monday. Wow. So his family is, he started to really introduce me to a Hollywood that had blue collar workers all the way to people he knew, you know, um, he really showed me the industry and his girlfriend at the time was going to the art center and she had a large format camera Mm -hmm. and she goes, I'll take a picture of you guys as the twins. And so we put it up. I made a portrait as if it was like 1918 or 1920, just an old, Plate. Yeah, like the kind like, of Western things. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Sepia kinda. yeah, and she took it, and that was the rubber ducky moment where he was like, whoa, okay, this, this is, they can do this. This is real. And we took that photograph, 
and Rena had it and started to show people like we're going to do a move about these guys and it started to transpire and get more and more and she said there is a small production company that are starting to fund it's a fund out of Seattle and they're coming down here and they're looking for small projects to do do you think you guys can do this for 500,000 and under of course yeah. <laughs> yes of course yeah, yes we can that's of the answer of course yeah of course done and in the meantime, Hellraiser was happening, and I said, I can, <sighs> I can, they go, but the effects are going to, there's no way you can do this for 500, the effects are going to be astronomical. Right. They're going to be crazy expensive. And Gary said, no, no, it's a, basically it's a bucket of goo, you know, <laughs> we can, we can plaster you guys together, but I'm working on the Hellraiser, and there's a part for twins, do you guys want to do this? I said, this would help solidify special effects. And again, the universe. Yeah. It's like, why should that happen? Yeah. Really, why should that happen? I'm doing right. conjoined twins. It just so happens the that Hellraiser a Clyde Dan. Barker movie that yeah. we're doing as conjoined twins. And I twins. think that happened, I would say, in a timeline, happened a lot earlier than I imagined in my brain, but I think it happened. <laughs> it didn't, you know, right. those things probably happened quite earlier. So having that coincide, the investment guru from Seattle said, and this is where the universe works, the investor said, I have twin sisters and I read your script and I imagine this is what it's like for them. Fuck. And that was it. And that was it. And now it's like, here's your money. Here's your money. Go make your movie. Go make your movie. And, and she's your producer too, right? Yeah. She, she's she stayed she's on board. A, this yeah, person. So Rena, Rena really is like left a, Lakeshore at that point to produce this movie. So she was on the ground. Wow. She left and she said, I'm going to land somewhere else. But before I land somewhere else, I'm going to produce this movie. It's like, I'm going to take the summer off. She ended eventually landing. She ended wow. up eventually going to William Morris and becoming their their independent foreign sales wing with Cassian. Exactly with, right with, with Cassian Ellis. Yeah, so they were partners. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that seems exactly right. <laughs> and and Cassian, you know, as you know, repped the movie when it was I mean, when it was finished. So you go and make it, and then now it's like you really went from a short film you wrote yeah. North Fork which is going to end up being your second movie a third movie oh third movie sorry yeah. you go and you you like okay we can do the conjoined twins movie and now you go from basically a short to, to getting $5,000 made up grant yeah. you know so you can yeah. stay afloat yeah. uh, John Grace uh, Grayson gets yeah. you to meet Rena mm-hmm. I mean it's pretty it's pretty so phenomenal I yeah, mean it starts to work it starts to work, to work and you go to Sundance I mean yeah, now the movie's uh, before back. we get to sundown, you want to break? Let's take a quick break. Okay, okay quick break. All right, we're back. Yes, we are back. And Michael, we are going to Sundance with Twin Falls. You've gone from making a short film, yeah. getting a five thousand dollar made the Michael Polish Disney grant, yeah. and then you now are you write North Fork, yeah, and then you get your money, you make this movie, and what the fuck? You get into Sundance? Yeah, it was. When we started to screen the movie, we started to see the ability of the reach. People started to believe that the twins were real. Did you or, feel it when you were making it? I kind of felt like I was in a sumo dress, you know, <laughs> two guys. I'm not doing it and trying to figure it out and stay that close with a, we had a, you know, we had a double corset with steel ribs so we couldn't pull apart and, the twisting and the, the double corset yeah. with steel ribs, ribs. Wow. and in the back looked like a football with 
with laces that you can tie. It's really tight. I have one in my basement. I'll yeah. show it to you. <laughs> no, I'm not going down to your basement. Yeah. Too. Now, especially what you told me you have down there. Yeah. Wait, what I don't get, though, is like when you're in, not that I don't yeah. get it, but what I really want to know is why you're in this with Mark. Yeah. I mean, that's, is shit coming up? Because um, I know it's on the screen, but I'm saying like, is. <laughs> we're, we go pro on this one because we have to keep you go mentality like a sweat lodge because <laughs> you you understand you're that close to somebody well maybe because we're born together and we're in the same you know what they always joke with twins that you're roommates you know? <laughs> and that's a big i know that's that the first time i heard that my, my what the fuck talk <laughs> yeah that's the first no that joke is funny you're right you're right what did i say don't say that joke again and so please continue you, you figure that <laughs> from the crew perspective of right. course these guys can do this from our perspective yeah. is we're still two individuals but we're, now we're really close and when we play the guitar or when we speak or when we whisper or when we talk it's enough of course they can do it right but it wasn't really like that being a twin when we got a guitar we had to learn how to play together <laughs> i mean we could play guitar but i was on the frets and the chords and mark was strumming and even though we're connected it's very still difficult to to say you better hit that and you better hit that so yeah we're even coming up with that idea that that conjoined twins can do this you know know. what i mean like it's all kind of getting channeled to you yeah i'm asking you know that came from the country western side of my dad you know hearing people play if you're a country if you played country music you obviously play guitar yeah and so that was something that we played guitar as a young as young kids and you know trying to find things that were singular that two people had to do that one person always could do that you started to see all the symbolism and irony and <laughs> playing instruments that are that one person can do that two people can't do but mm-hmm. now they are one person so yeah. you start seeing this metaphysical element and the symbolism of like a two dollar bill and then then starts getting a little heavy symbolism and in, in, in everything we were trying to do in that movie was show you what esoteric. the yeah esoteric and, <laughs> and the enmeshment that happens and the interdependency that happens between well it's the human condition yeah. i mean it's at its rawest yeah. form really right i mean right. the di- the dichotomy between two people as one right i mean that's what we're raging in all the time yeah except you're literal yeah and you know he, we just wanted to have a night out in the movie <laughs> yeah i mean it is Basically, fucking crazy it really is and, it's, and it's at the simplistic nature of these boys was they were just going to do what some boys do and go out and have a date, have a, have a date yeah. and experience what boys do but they even had this experience because they're conjoined twins and so we went through their whole psychosis and came up with that small nugget of compatibility and these guys are capable of living with each other for this long and a lot of it started to look at changing bunker the original mm. twins that yeah. coined the phrase siamese that yeah. won the guinness book of world's record and fathered something like 20 something children between them and both had wives and started to look at that here's a good word minutia mm. minutia yeah all of it yeah, yeah. In start, the details, yeah and you start looking and you start placing it through these blake and francis which one had more of a feminine name mm-hmm. i looked at and one had a stronger name which could represent their parents and mm. then we started to look at it as a marriage and what a marriage looked like and they're actually married which started to really mimic mark and it's what you said when we first started. Yeah. It's your first really big influential relationship. Mm-hmm. And you start really young with it. And so a lot of the dynamics shows up in Twin Falls, Idaho of our relationship. And the bond that took to create it was really strong because you had to have somebody who believed just as much as you that this movie was going to work. 
wasn't that on like on the set? Isn't that everybody? I mean, you're not making that fuck yeah, fucked up idea of a movie and thinking we're gonna cross over to everyone on this and like everyone's got to be drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, and you tell a lot of skepticism. And people looking at you, going, "What are you gonna do with that other leg? What are you gonna do with your arms? What the technicality of putting two people together and." is it visually going to look and that's where my graphic design came in because i said what you see in the front you can't see behind it's two-dimensional it starts out with the dots starts with the dot what's in front of you isn't behind you so if you don't see the arms how do you know they're there little did you know you were being prepared i was being prepared to look visually at how to create semiotics on screen without any effects Hmm. so it was about how you sit how you hide one leg how you hide your arms and if you don't see it is it really there no Tree in the forest, yeah, all, all, yeah. all that you don't see minutia. It. And <laughs> when that film was cut, Stuart, who did my short, mm-hmm. did also. So I brought him up. And so the people that were helping us along, I, they really helped us with that you film. Found and, your people. And we screened it for the festival. And then that time, they screened on film. So you had to drop them a print. The good and, old days. And they would sit, unlike today, where everything's online, and each. Um, committee member can watch it at their leisure or sometimes they have parties where they watch them they would have screening days where they would watch your film and so they would have their own theater and watch your film so it was a real collective of sundance at that time it was the 90s sundance yeah reservoir was, dogs i mean this is when yeah you really with the yeah. film that was coming out of there was film and cinema and that year was 99 and that class was of the whole year, of all the 90s, 99 was really eclectic in the way that you had Spike Jones, you mm. had Sofia Coppola, you had the Wachowski brothers come out with The Matrix, you had Run Lola Run. You, wow. This I love that movie, yeah, Run Lola Run. Yeah, 99 just had this real magical presence about it, and we were one of the... We were one of that graduating class. and At Sundance, and mm-hmm. you're spending the turn of the millennia there yeah, at, in Utah. And, yeah, and... <laughs> You get right into it, and these we had three screenings, and plus a plus plus a a press screening. You've never been down I've this never, road. I've this never, is all this brand is the new. First, this, this is, is the it. first. This is the first time you're on disp- practically display display because you're, you're also a director, but you're in it, which I not necessarily imagine that that would be the f- debut. Mm-hmm. And so they had this black box which would they would pre-screen the movies for press that wouldn't make all the other screenings so that happened before our first screening so this black box and cassian and rena said if you guys want to peek in this black box you guys can watch it with the press and see the reactions what's going on hmm. i'm not you 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 know this as a director and yeah. actor. i'm not a big fan of viewing my my it's done i don't want to see fan. it really i'm oh. really i'm really scoped looking for the bar across the street or something you know. as far away as yeah, possible. possible i don't want to see the reactions even anymore mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over it i, I want to see good. if it works it's in and we're standing by the doorway and we start seeing people come out mm-hmm. and little did we know that a lot of distributors got into that screening and lucky for you yeah i mean you know they, you know they you know it <laughs> start. you know, know the, you you gain a buzz and there's a buzz about this freak movie or freak kind of thing happening up there and from that screening we started to see people come out i was looking at them and there was a a lot of teary-eyed people and you could take it is that bad or is it just really effective (laughs) Um, and we're sitting at the at the theater and this girl comes up to me and mark and said 
that was just incredible. I've never seen anything like that. That's incredible. Hmm. So thank you know, so I thank you. That's right. great. We get in our car and we go to the rented condo. Right. condo. Now we know where right. condos are. <laughs> it's not um, what you expected. Yeah. As we go to the condo and then the phone stops, starts going off the chain. Like it's just ring and ring and you got Sony, uh, October films that were very solid at the Merrimax, you name it, Samuel Golding. Every single person wanted to have a meeting to buy the film. I always ask, where are you when you get that phone call? Yeah. You're at the condo yeah. and some, this is the phone call that really changes the rest of your yeah. life. And what's, do you remember the first one that came in and who answered? It was Minutia. Yeah, it was the minutia. Yeah. It was October Films. And it was, did you uh, answer? I can't remember because one of our editors who cut was an Italian guy who now cuts for HBO. His name is Leo Trombetta. Leo is an excellent editor. Yeah. So He's Leo, really good. So Leo cut, and he also is a good chef. So he decided to stay home from the screening in Italian, make meatballs and spaghetti, and he was cooking up a storm. So the phone was ringing while he was cooking. He's like, hey, this is this is the phone. This, <laughs> this is the phone. And this is the phone. And he was like, here's making meatballs. And he's having a good old time. And I think it was one of being a Marie's assistants mm-hmm. that from October that said, I, I, would, I would really enjoy being with October films. Hmm. Um, and then it was obviously the Harvey Weinstein group that was, it was Merrimax at the time. And so, right. Rena said, don't, Cassian, don't say anything on the phone. I We're going to set up the meetings tomorrow morning. They're going to start at 10 and they'll go until you guys, you guys will be part of every meeting and to talk about. It's intense. Yeah, for real. I mean, are you kidding? Like you're yeah. waking up at yeah. Sundance and you're going into back-to-back yeah. meetings with every acquisition distributor, distributor yeah. like to buy your fucking and movie. And they want to, and. That you shot for half yeah, a million. Yeah. And, right? they're, and they're there to do the deal. Right. Not to fuck around. They're there to write paper. <laughs> so we get up in the morning snowing cold <laughs> we come down off the mountain and we're supposed to meet at a hotel and this is the hotel where all the distributors are going to meet and we run out of gas in the rent a car yeah what's wrong with you like our first movie our first <laughs> the deal fuck like, is wrong with you like yeah we run out of gas and I mean, at least we're going downhill so we <laughs> totally pull into a you know we, oh you could glide we could glide we glide about a mile we get into like a chevron or shell That's station insane. right there <laughs> So you almost died yeah, we almost, before your film yeah, gets bought that morning. This is exactly the way it's supposed to happen. <laughs> so we end up going and it becomes a room and you start meeting distributors. And they're just they're coming in one after the other? They're coming in and they're scheduled every 45 minutes. And you have Rena and Cassian sitting yeah, with you? and Cassian and, and, and Rena and me and Mark. And I knew Bingham because I had a pre-meeting with him in New York when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um I knew Sony Classics had a meeting with them. I didn't meet Harvey, but Harvey had, he was going to come up the next day because the Golden Globes at that time, I think were coinciding. Oh, they didn't figure that out yet? Yeah, they didn't figure it out. And now they figured it out. Now they figured it out. We need two vacations, not one. Yeah, so Golden Globes were happening and he was going to come up on a Mm -hmm. Monday. Just for you. Yeah, that's what they say. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course. Right. Um, But he had a really strong team that was doing acquisitions and Mm -hmm. they came in the room and started the interviews of what you wanted to do and um bingham you know gave a beautiful pitch and sony classics was great because it was too what are they trying to sell you on like why Why we should put your 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 movie movie out out, and here's our plan here's our marketing plan Mm -hmm. we've seen the movie this is when we want to release it this is a 
that that time counter programming was very popular so if there was a big hit in the summer you were the counter program they go this is a perfect counter programming movie to the hollywood blockbuster mm-hmm. um, and then are they leaving like a folded piece of paper with their dollar amount like they, huh? will, they would tell rena or cashing what they wanted to pay and rena would say it's this or that or, at the end of the uh-huh, pitch uh-huh or or they would leave and say we really want the film some people would would want it right in the room and Reno said no, no no we're not talking numbers right now we're not talking numbers right now so they would send them all they in. sent them off and then you know bingham came in and he was a real cowboy wearing cowboy boots up in the mountain hmm. really really just a gracious guy and in my mind you already like that though with the montana yeah you. I, and the, you know at that time they're smoking cigarettes right you know in the room and yeah just a real okay cowboy then. yeah <laughs> remember that in october at that October films at the time was riding such a high. I think Boys Don't Cry was with them, and there was a few other films that mm. they were working on that they did, and they were on Grease Street, and they were just hip. Right. You know, they were just hip Soho distributors. And so in my mind, me and Mark said, you know, October, we were both born in October, mm. or October 30th, and we said, October, Bingham, is kind of going to be a match. Bingham says, I want to come back around. I said, we're going to pick October films. Mm-hmm. Bingham comes back and then he says, I just want to meet, I want to just hang out with the boys. So it's just me, Bingham and Mark, because we said to Rena, this is our choice. Right. I don't know how we heard about it, but there was a situation where we heard that either Rena said, Bingham might not be around when your movie's released, even though he wants to buy it. He's going to leave with October, but he might, if they don't work out in negotiations, he might not be there. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So I said, I learned this term. Can we have a key man clause? If he leaves, we get our film back. And being, I can't offer you that. So I actually went to Bingham. I said, I hear you're going to leave. And that would be crushing because my confidence is with you and you're releasing these great independents right now. Right. You're as close to Merrimax as anybody, but you're, but you're probably coinciding with what we feel about this kind of movie. Also amazing that you're so involved in this, you know, this is you own, you you and Mark own the movie. Yeah, we own half of it other than the, than the uh, financer at this point. Okay. And nice position. Bingham said, I'm not going to, I can't guarantee this. So I said, we can't, I don't, I just, I don't know if we're comfortable with going out with this film and you're not being around because we don't know who's going to market it and who knows right. you buy it. They shelve it because you're not going to be around. And that's just one of, put it out. that's it's Bingham's gone. movie. Yep. That's Bingham's last movie. And, the last thing we want to do is work this hard for this many years to have a movie disappear. Yeah. And then it was, I believe Harvey was the next, was one of the meetings and Harvey had this idea that he wanted to put the movie out, but it was more of a, a, a sideshow feel to it. Like you guys go out, promote the film, Mm -hmm. like the twins doing the twins. Like, right. And that doesn't. And I said, "That's not what we need." I'm this. not. I said, "I'm not quite sure. I want to get back in. I don't think I can get back in that suit. Like it's, it's trauma. There's a lot of trauma for this. <laughs> right? That's why I was asking about it. It feels like very, very, yeah. very hard to do. And I don't know. if There's going to be a sideshow to the show. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we have this idea that the next person, the next company that's been doing this quite well was Sony Classics, and. Their bid was middle of the road, but they were really, really safe with 
yeah, how it's going to get out there. Marketing. We're not going to. It's your picture. We're not cutting it. We're not recutting. We're not touching it. Mm-hmm. To you guys, we're going to. They said we'll give you a j- date of like July twenty eighth or j- middle of July. Right. It's your date. We have an opening. So they started to promise everything, and we said that's just the ticket. That's the ticket for us. And really, I mean, this now puts you in that rare air, which is your auteurs. Yeah. Your writer-directors. Yeah. It's and, it's yeah. probably the most power you can have on at, the artistic side. At that point, you come off the mountain <laughs> and you come into Hollywood and now the doors open. Every door. It really does. It's just every everything that was closed is now open. You're, you're starting to meet every exec. Movies that you would never be offered start to be offered to you. Um, you start understanding the studio system and who are the readers and the execs and the junior execs and 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 you and you really understand that this might be the Sundance is pretty much the feeding hole you know it's where the feeder fish now right you're you were yes and now now this is also and it's not a small thing the first time you have money yeah I mean you never really had money before Mm -hmm. and you've always been taken care of yeah there was no money I mean at that point you have some money and now you're Can the, you say what you sold the movie for? Yeah, exactly what we paid for it. You sold it for a half a million? Yeah. And then you had your profit share. Yeah, we had a profit share on the movie. It did really well. I mean, box office-wise, it crossed over a million, but in terms of when it went, that's when DVDs just went through the roof, and so you started to see... Right. You started to see the ancillary market come, and foreign sales wasn't part of that. And, and you're getting started, ready. Well, yeah, I'm starting to interrupt, but yeah. I really, because I'm kind of like, because you're yeah. saying foreign sales aren't a part of it, but also you're seeing this money and yeah. you're getting ready. Now you have North Fork, you're getting ready to make mm-hmm. a second movie, which doesn't yeah. end up being North Fork. Uh, are you feeling now with the money and the family and your brother, are you feeling this any pressure or is the work actually getting better and more concise? It's, you're starting to be recognized and you're starting to understand that, oh, did you're at Sundance, you obviously won it. We didn't win anything. Mm-hmm. So the perception of Sundance creates this big bubble of, that you start working in, which is you have the best film, you're the best filmmaker, you're on. You're going to start doing this tour that supports your film, you're going to start going to the communities, or right. you can start talking to other filmmakers that have been there, and you, what you say is you're arrived. You're mm-hmm. arrived now. You, you've arrived to Hollywood, and now you're a filmmaker, and that's all you've really wanted to hear and your work supports that title now and is it matching your expectations or whatever yeah, they were yeah it, it you know it, it's not an overnight but it's perceived as overnight and yeah. it feels good and it's always perceived as it's overnight. overnight every yeah. time i mean have you not seen that no. 20 years overnight yeah, yeah. every time that doesn't yeah. matter where you went what you did why do you get to do this so fast yeah, yeah and then what's the recipe what how'd you do it and and right, it just becomes happenstance, and the idea that of course you did a Siamese twin movie. You guys are twins, and of course you guys are good actors. <laughs> oh, because duh! Did, like yeah. I, anyone could have thought of that. Yeah. And so you start. You also get the negativity, and right. And you were start, you blown away? Not blown away, but were you? In other words, you're putting now again. Like I said, this rarefied air. Were you at a place where you're like you thought Norfolk is going to be our second film? Yeah. And I, I said the best thing we could do is make a second movie. <laughs> like just get into our sophomore slump really fast. Right. Let's just do right. it. Right. We were touring, we went to Germany, and we went to 26 countries with that movie. So we world. went everywhere. We went we saw the world First on class. The yeah, for free. Was, you know, being fed. Yeah. Hey, licking, it's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. You're licking plates at yeah. this time. Because you made a fucking movie. Yeah, and 
going to Japan and understanding that you're in Japan because of your work. You're in all because of the work. All because of the work. You're in England, and journalists are speaking to you. You have a piece in Vanity Fair. You have a you have a cover of Movie Maker magazine. Hmm. You start seeing yourself. Are you believing it? That's the big. I wanted to make a second movie really bad. I sort of put that. I didn't milk it as so. I didn't milk what probably when you you look back that you could have milked a little better. Right. You know, the cow had a lot more milk in it. <laughs> so what do you end up doing? A lot doing? more butter for the biscuit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More butter yeah. for the biscuit. Yeah, go back to that one. I like yeah. it. But what do you, so, so in other words. I say more maple in the tree. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. More maple in the tree. Yeah. Am I saying, well, yeah. I might take that. And so being artists and also having the grounding of Cal Arts, you don't look at recognition. You just keep going. And there's, you haven't arrived, you gotta go make another one. And I'm thinking, I've gotta make 10, 15 movies. You know, yeah. I, I'm looking at a career. Yeah. I don't want them to tell me no. Yeah. Right? You just and, keep going. And we were with Endeavor, and Endeavor was a pretty rock and roll yeah. agency at that time. Sure. And there was a, a lot of expatriates from CAA and William Morris, and they created Endeavor, and they were a bunch of good guys and girls that they were, they repped us really well, and they started to get us in rooms with, it just wasn't hard to get in a room. So Warner hmm. Brothers was probably the first acceptance letter that we took. And it just became an executive named Jeff Robinoff. Oh, and yeah. he really... A little guy named Jeff Robinoff? Yeah. And he <laughs> took us under his wing and really started what? to cultivate our relationship and how a studio and indie filmmakers. And he started to handpick people like the Hughes brothers or Chris Nolan. Hmm. And his eyes were grooming this talent like Spike Jones and things that he had a vision for the studio. You were a part of that. And I was, it was great. And it ended up being astronaut farmer, which came many Billy years Bob. later, but it was his Robinoff's idea. Like this, this works with these guys, you know? So then you're in the Warner brothers helm now like, yeah. and, and, or, you know, you're not in the helm, excuse yeah. me, but you're in the Warner brothers yeah. boat and you're, saying I want to make a second movie is is Mark yeah. agreeing with you? Yeah. And, and so what we, do you do? So cuz you're in the mix of Yeah, it. we're in the mix of it. Yeah. And we just came off of sort of a year of touring and we start to feel this angst, the filmmaker angst like this is what we don't want to feel. We want to just go make another movie. We don't right. want to feel okay, you've right, you made one movie. What about your next? And I didn't want to feel this idea that every 5 years or every 8 years right. you're the brothers doing another movie. I said, let's just we have another script called Jackpot. We have John Grice who helped us out. John Grice is a good singer. He can be sort of this five easy pieces character. Tours around. has We know Garrett Morris because Garrett is with John. They were, he was on Martin, I think. Mm. Um, they were working together. Garrett Morris, original Saturday Night Live oh, yeah. and alumni. So we pan pick Peggy Lipton. And we picked all these characters And what together. are you setting to make this for? For like a, a for million? Her. No, yeah, we we thought you know let's do maybe we'll do the same or even more. We ended up doing it for three hundred thousand, even sh- smaller. And Who gave you the money? All the people that we met along the way. We did another. <laughs> we did another. Like it was even more indie. So even in the thick of being all like yeah. the studio bell of the balls, yeah. your uh, we bells of the balls. Yeah. Excuse me. You're now yeah. going back making a less budget we, movie. We made an even basic, even more basic movie, <laughs> and. At that time, George Lucas was developing a camera for the Star Wars that he was going to redirect, and it was a 24P, I think it was Alta Cine or Cine Alta. Huh. It was the first 
video camera to mimic 24 frames a second. And he was developing, and there was a beta version, and he was testing it for the Star Wars with Hayden oh, wow. Christian. And we were able to get one. Oh, we said, this sick. will be the first video that mimics film. This works because the singer is mimicking real karaoke, artists. Right, karaoke, right. He's not real. This right, isn't a real right, camera. Right. So <laughs> metaphorically, this works. Yeah, tonally it works. So we went out for 15 days and shot this movie. And that's we go, we're amazing. Going, you know, we're going back to Sundance. We're doing it. So that was 2000. Right. Sundance was like, nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Have a nice one. Yeah. Didn't work out. Didn't, not going to do it. What do you mean you don't like it? There's a, that's, this is even more cutting edge. Right. Um, then we ended up finding the alternative, which was Seattle International, uh-huh. you know, and then other films. And it started picking up awards at all the secondary festivals. Because it's a very personable movie. Yeah. It really, and, it's a personal yeah. movie, too. It's not, you know, word of mouth on that one. Yeah, it would be cool. very strong. And then it gets nominated for an Independent Spirit Award. Yeah, the John Cassavetti. Yeah. yeah. And we win it. And I go, hmm. But that's another, it wasn't a Twin Falls, Idaho, but it was a real, uh, to me, that was a really auteur stroke. It was edited yeah. out of sequence. It was pop music. It was it was weird. It had a lot of tension in it. It was just crazy. And no one would ever let you do that. No. Right. That's... That, that one would, American Idol at the time wasn't even hmm. coming out, which is like right. the ultimate right. karaoke show. About that, it really is ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you yeah. haven't seen Jackpot, anyone who's listening, watch the fucking yeah, movie. It's hard. Seriously, yeah. it's a great film. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it, and we shot it all on Victory Boulevard. It's very the touching. whole victory from victory just, just from one end of victory from sun was it sun valley sun sunland all the way to northridge that whole movie exists on one boulevard oh i gotta watch it again now and you can see i'm gonna watch it again now things. that's fucking dope yeah. <laughs> all right so you do this okay you're you're getting now again you're like okay something about our sensibilities is right it's even work. though people keep saying like they didn't want to make it or yeah. this and that we we're, did we're onto something and I remember Peter Falk giving me the Cassavetes Award because it was the first time they announced it. So Peter Falk gives me this award, and I'm looking at the audience, and I have this award, and it's got mm-hmm. angel wings on it. And all I said was, I don't think I can check this on the plane because it was sharp, and it was just <laughs> after 9-11. And I said, there's no way, so I, I'm going to leave. I'm, I, got, I got on the plane that morning at 4 a.m. Uh-huh. I flew to Montana to start North Fork. And and at that point, by the way, congratulations. Yeah. But at that point, now you were like, let's go back and get it's, some studio help. Yeah, maybe when they or, said or something. I think like we've it. cut our teeth on this. Let's try and do something north of one million. Maybe let's right. have some money and <laughs> yeah, might be nice. Yeah. Might be nice to have a trailer. And before that, because of Twin Falls, Idaho, we were being offered a lot of acting roles. Um. Which is not it's, an easy thing yeah. to get offered, by the way. So, it's so hard to turn down. It was down. out that there's these brothers and they're twins if you need brother roles. So you name it. If there was a brother role, <laughs> it was offered to us. And Neil Jordan had this movie called The Good Thief mm-hmm. with Nick Nolte. And I wasn't too keen on acting at that point. But mm-hmm. why wouldn't you refuse? You're, Neil you're Jordan, getting something. I... You're also getting something you haven't had for a while, which is money. <laughs> yeah listen at the hey, end of the day time. kids yeah you know and there was nick who i really appreciated and neil who was i admired off the crying game 
raw tour, you know, this Irish filmmaker, and I could learn something from being on set. So I start, I'm going to start taking, if, if there is, I'm going to say, one, if I can cast somebody in that movie that I'm in with, I can get them in a movie. Mm-hmm. And two, which I can work. Did. If which I did. <laughs> I flew to Nice, sitting in a bar with Nick. Well, by the way, you flew to Nice first class because they flew you yeah. to Nice first oh, yeah. class. And were you staying somewhere in Nice at some nice fucking hotel? Yeah. Do you have a yeah. suite or a regular room? Yeah, it wasn't a twin room. <laughs> please continue <laughs> and so I'm doing the scene with Nick and how great you know, and he was just he was just wonderful just a lot of nuances that you can learn from as an actor and I was watching him tweak a scene just by the way he was using vowels and the way he was looking around so I was able and and Neil understood me as a director even though I acted so he let me hang out with him so I was watching I was I'm learning a lot Wow, and there was, you know, high end DPs, DPs that were just, you know, huge. Shot the mission, and f- f- everybody on his crew has been doing it for fifty years. So I was, right. after my second movie, I still was getting education, which was great. And, and so, jackpot was opening um, Seattle, and I said, Mark, you have a few more days to film here. I'm going to go represent the movie. And Nick goes, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Seattle. And he goes, oh, my film was just there. It was The Afterglow with Alan Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have a good time? He goes, what are you guys doing next? I said, oh, we're going to go to Montana and uh, hmm. make this movie. He goes, why don't you give me a call when you're back? I live in Malibu. <laughs> and yes, he does. And yeah, he does. Or he did. Not yeah. anymore now. And then, so when I came back and then, we were looking for a preacher or a salesman. I said, Nick, would you respond to this? And he said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this. He's the best. I'll do it. And he goes, but I've been offered this Ang Lee movie, and I'm going to be the father of the Hulk. So I don't know if I can do it. He goes, I really want to do it, but I don't know if I can do it schedule-wise. Right. So, of course, as indie filmmakers, we said, Nick Nolte's in the movie. Nick Nolte's in the movie. <laughs> right. Not... Yeah, not, not committed. Yeah. Not non-committal. And yeah. Nick's doing the Hulk and we're in going into production. He's unreachable. Can't call him. Can't find him. Nick's in the movie. When's Nick going to show up? And this repeated thing on the production. When's Nick? We don't, you don't have a replacement for Nick and Ulti. There's no second. And there's and nobody. you have a contract with him? Mm-mm. And everyone was okay with that? Well, it was independent. So this was not even a studio. This was indie wow. indie. So we were half the time putting in this movie on credit cards to gap fund some of the finance that was coming. And there was, fuck, it was, this was a real piecemeal movie, even though we're, you know, in the flats of Montana and the Highland. Here's the interesting thing, you know, which to me is the biggest interesting thing about all this is that you are courted after Sundance and you still now go back, make two more movies and you decide to do it in painful, torturous, arduous ways. Instead and, of going like, hey, yeah, we'll take Warner Brothers money and make a movie. And, no. And 10 more words to go along with those words. Yeah. I it mean, was painstaking. That movie was. But you didn't have to. You didn't and, have to do it. It was this. Uh, I'm an artist. Well, was me sort of period. Well, you I know? think it's the Cal Arts yes. training a little yeah, bit, too. Yeah, I, I don't got, yeah, discount they, that. They definitely figured out how to grind a shovel for you so you can dig that ditch. You know, <laughs> So at what point do you decide, like, all right, you know what? I got to do something in the studio system. I got to, like... Astronaut Farmer. That's where you're like, okay, Jeff... I said, North Fork, <laughs> wrapped, 
And I never said, again. I said, let's get off this train. Let's get off this train. We, I have this script about a guy who builds a rocket in his barn based on my, my dad's idealism. And I was a big fan of the right stuff. And I was a big fan of Sam Shepard. Best. And I was such a big film, a big film buff of that era mm-hmm. of um, the space race. Yep. The Mercury seven and, and all the V2 rockets. And I was really into the aeronautics of it all. We wrote this script and Mark Gill, who had left Merrimax at the time, uh, was running what they called Warner Independent Pictures. Mm-hmm. He said... Now defunct. Yeah, now defunct. Mm-hmm. And Jeff was hit, was second in charge under Alan at the time, who's now at Disney. And he said, do you have something? And I said, look at it." He said, this might be a little small for the mothership, Warner Brothers, but Mark Gill, who you guys know... Mm-hmm. He's seen your career, might want to do it. So Mark read and said, I'm in. Like, this is the movie we're going to do. This is great for Whip. This is what we want to do. Can you mm. do it for a price? And at that point, it was like 10 or 12 million. I said, of course. <laughs> we can. I, yeah. I can figure this out. Yeah. What am I doing with the other 9 It'll million? Be yeah, that's what I'm doing with <laughs> the other 975,000. Right, you don't have Billy Bob at this time. No, right? we don't you have Billy Bob. You just have a movie that's now a go. Yeah. You're a green light. Yeah. He says, they read it. They got it on a Friday by. Monday was greenlit. It was that quick. It's the fastest. And I go, why, why haven't we been doing this for a while? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> you did th- yeah. all great movies, but yeah. I mean, yeah. what it's the a, fuck? Yeah. You know, this jump up, get 10 million. This downstroke of being a punk rocker only gets you Kool-Aid, man. Yeah. DIY is yeah. not really going to, no. you know, and you so get ripped off. You, you, <laughs> as, as I think Mark always used to say, we got to learn more than three chords at this point. <laughs> Good. And, and so you like do that. Astronaut so Farm. This do, is a big movie. Yeah, we do Astronaut Farm. I remember seeing it in the theater. I mean, big movie. And Billy Bob at that point read it and said, this is this is cool, guys. This is cool. Will you meet me at the Sunset Marquee? Okay, just to let you know, he was living there with Angelina Jolie at the time and because they were having their house built. Yeah. And I was running the door. This is 99. He or 2000. Us. Yeah. I was running the door at the uh, Sunset Marquee yeah. for the whiskey bar with Wendell. Mm-hmm. And Billy Bob would come in. And he was making the clothing line, the cowboy oh, clothing yeah. line. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And he would come in and give us all clothes. He was a nice guy. He would have, I remember yeah. both you guys, you yeah. went. All right. Yeah. Continue. So we so said. I was the door guy. <laughs> I was the door guy. I love it. Go on. Billy comes in and cracks a, it's probably a silver bullet at some point. <laughs> um, and we talk for a minute. He goes, hey guys, I'm in. This is. This is great. Is he not the nicest guy yeah, in the world? Yeah, he's the greatest. I mean, really, he's one of the greatest people I've ever met. Yeah, and he and his his Sling Blade and Dwight and all those guys just connected. So there comes the country music. They're both musicians, and yeah. I was a big fan of Dwight and and Billy Bob accepted the invitation to do it. And I mean, from the day we gave it to Warner Brothers, we were filming three months later, four that months later. That doesn't really happen. Mm-mm. I mean, has that happened to you since? Mm-mm. Like in that, no. That's a pretty incredible and brought, story, and and we made it for Mark Gill, and mm-hmm. they sent us to a tax incentive state, which was New Mexico, and we based out of Santa Fe and did some work in Albuquerque, and not one time during the filming did one Warner Brothers rep show up. Yeah, not one suit come to your set. Wow. And I said, so was that that they didn't give a fuck? Billy Bell was one of the bigger stars in the world at that point. And Bruce Willis was coming in to do a cameo. I mean, and what I found was there again, I'm sitting there going, 
And why haven't we done this before? Yeah. Right. I, I still don't know. You still haven't given me a reasonable answer, by the way, as to why you haven't. But, you all know, right. That was... You like torturing yourself. Yeah. I, you know I, I don't mean, know why else. I mean, great great art doesn't come from happiness, that's for sure. Yeah, but I, yeah, uh, you except, do this movie, though. I mean, now now this is now you have some money. You have some yeah, money in your pocket. This is, this is real. Yeah. Real coin. And it starts to feel real good. Real release, too. A real release. And what happened was they're doing your script, your story, and not changing it. And I think this had, was a real testament to Jeff, who understood that he's hiring our tours and let them do what they're going to do and knows an exec called Lynn Harris, and she was on it, too, and Mark was on it. And when... They had that UA they let, mentality. And they just let us do it. Wow. And we came back. Wow. And s- screened it. Mm-hmm. Alan Horn and his daughter, <laughs> who I think was Dakota, is Dakota. Yeah, she was in the Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah. They were in La Cunata, and they said we're going to have a screening. But Alan and his daughter are going to come to that screening, and you can meet Alan afterwards. And so I drive up to La Cunata. I want to meet his daughter. Yeah, I don't want. I don't really like Alan's she nice. Would, I want yeah. to meet his daughter. That, She's great. At that at that point, that's exciting though. Fuck. She, she was quite young oh no that's not okay that's <laughs> <laughs> not okay sorry I mean, but that is fucking exciting yeah. I, mean, so I, meet him in the, I met him in the parking lot alan comes out and goes parking lot he goes i still remember and he goes hey guys that was a really really good movie he goes i'm really excited by one thing and i'm like yeah yeah what is it he goes there's just no cigarettes and i hate cigarettes there's nobody smoking in your movie. Well, he's a big proponent with Joe Esterhouse of the no smoking in movies. Yeah. Like they started this. Do you know this? Yeah. They 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 all hate it. They want no cigarettes in movies. They feel like they've influenced this whole generation to get cancer yeah. by putting it in Steve McQueen's mouth yeah. and all these people's mouth. That's why I start smoking. Yeah, I mean, me too. For real. Yeah. yeah. It's Chester Phillips. But <laughs> so Alan leaves, and that was a Saturday, Sunday that he watched the movie. On Monday, I get a call from Jeff. <laughs> and says, we want you guys to come in for this meeting. <laughs> and we're going to have a meeting with, and Paula Weinstein was one of the producers on it, and Len Amato, who was at HBO now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, head um, of HBO movies, yeah. original movies. And, and he was... Paula Weinstein yeah, is Tom Cruise's? No, Paula is... Oh, I can't... She's a producer, She's though, a right? producer. She's done a lot of movies. Yeah. And her husband was a, is a big was a big producer who passed away. Mm-hmm. And, I think he on Flesh and Bone, the one with Dennis Quaid and, yep, and, and Gwyneth Paltrow. I think he passed away on that set. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she was a producer on that, and she yeah. did Blood Diamond with Leo, and she she's she's, she's a heavy, and she's really smart, and just she's one of those leading ladies as a producer that you just she knows how to coddle talent and do her thing. And he left, and when we had this meeting, we walk into this room by across from Jeff and Alan's office in Warner Brothers. There's probably twelve people hmm. in this room, and we sit down and I go, either it's the now we're at Warner Brothers, we're not at Whip. Yeah. So Warner Brothers is calling us and not Whip. And Alan and Jeff, and I believe it was probably Jeff who said, We're gonna take this from Whip. This is gonna be a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> this movie's tested in four quads. We haven't had a movie in four quads. That means every age range is responding to this movie so this is considered our, a real family movie so you could bring your parents yeah. they could bring their we haven't had a movie like generation this. we haven't come. had a movie like this so we're going to take it and release it <laughs> was, let me ask you this question they said i said what would that be and they said if you could do 
anything to this movie to make it better, enhance anything, we're going to do that for you. And I said it would be it would be nice to just make sure that the space stuff is great and you polish all the effects. And they said, okay, what would be that budget? I said, probably like a million dollars to polish this. And they said, okay, that was it. Wow. And why haven't you done that before? I know. <laughs> it's like, that's a good meeting. Yeah, it was great. We walked out going, this but, is going to be something. And it is. It still is. It's a yeah, legacy yeah. film. I mean, it's it really fun. is. It's, it's a, a lot of home. I, I, I yeah. would have to, I'll yeah. ask, but I would almost already know the answer. You still have people come up to you to this day. Yeah. That film specifically. Yeah, and recently that Ford commercial is identical. The Ford commercial that they put in front of football where the dad is circling I haven't the planet. Seen it. No, I haven't he, seen it. He enters this atmosphere and then goes picks up his kids from school <laughs> in a Ford truck. So he's an astronaut by day and then he goes picks up his kids to go to school. Interesting. Yeah, this year. And I said, that's great that it had that paid? effect. <laughs> no, I mean, wouldn't mind having an F-150. Yeah, how does already, Ford not come to you know. to make that commercial, by the at way? At least the get Ford, the what's wrong with you? Seriously, let's get that. All right, so I want, we've been talking forever. I want to have some time to talk about what you and your wife did with Nona. Oh, right. Because, I mean... I, I could sit here for another. Uh, oh, I want to talk about that. Let's do a quick break and then we'll uh, come back and talk about Nona. All right, quick break. Quick break. And we're back. Yes, we are back right now on. here, and we were just about to get into Nona. And right. I am. I was saying this to you uh, off mic, but <laughs> it's like you see, you hear about an arrest on the news, right. and you go. Okay, shit, that was a fucking sex trafficking house down the block from us. Yeah. Uh, my reaction is, holy shit, maybe we move. Yeah. Right. You know, even if I'm living in Beechwood or even yeah. if I'm living in Brentwood, it's like, man, maybe we just find a new fucking place. Yeah. You and your wife, Kate, reaction yeah. is, let's go investigate this, make a documentary. Yeah. At, t- tell me what, because this is very important. You know, I, I had inklings and ideas that things were going like these houses existed and mm-hmm. sex trafficking was a word that wasn't really associated with white tra- white trafficking and sex had something to do. It's very hard to associate when you're so far out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saw this house get busted, I took the initiative to investigate what's going on with like, what is sex trafficking? What is holding girls beyond the, 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 their will and going, what's going on here? And it took me probably a couple months to get my idea around it. And I told Kate, and I said, you know, this is a much bigger issue than us just talking about it over coffee. I go, do you understand that next to that house is another house? And if it's not that house, she goes, what, what is it? What's going on? I said, there are sex houses everywhere over uh, around LA scattered everywhere in the best of neighborhoods and yeah. the worst of neighborhoods it's not everywhere. where you think it is yeah. it's everywhere it's houses you pass by and it's a so, pandemic yeah and and with the with the rise of the internet and texting it's even harder to trace because I could they could text and say it's this house or it's this address whereas years ago it was a business card and it could be a form of a construction site and they'd say if you're working across here's a so there was a underground network previously and then with the digital age it's very very difficult to find these these homes so i started to identify them with massage was with was massage parlors okay so i would go into a massage parlor and look and you go there's no access in or out of these places for these girls these girls come from out of nowhere and i started to ask questions that that must have made you popular 
Yeah. You had to have that. I started asking questions <laughs> and as a client, but I would never I would say, this is what's going on. I would ask, one girls would say something, other girls would say something. And huh. then I started to connect the dots and see where these girls were going. And it took a long time to kind of unpeel this onion. And I had a friend who said, oh yeah, this is what they're doing. And his friend and became a network of guys in sort of Echo Park. They started to go to the massage parlors because there was, you know, happy endings that were happening right. at these places. I said, yeah, this house houses these girls and they're, this house is Korean, this house is El Salvadorian. And you started to see the beacons pop up of this network. And Okay, so you, meanwhile, just to even do that investigation in and of itself, it's not like yeah. someone's paying you to do yeah. it. It's like you're just deciding. Right. And it's scary and dangerous. There's people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they'll kill you. It's not, yeah. it's not like, you know, murder is a, a foreign uh, they're, idea they're, to these guys. They're already kidnapping yeah. women. They're, oh, they're killing them too, believe me. I'm you killing know? them. Yeah. I mean, easily. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're just another number. And then there's this, once you start investigating, you start seeing articles and you start seeing news articles. And it's, it's been written about a lot, but it's not been exposed and it's not been advertised that sex homes, sex trafficking is such a multi-billion dollar company. I mean, yeah. they're coming from everywhere. They're everywhere. And then what really sort of Tipped made it. me jump off the ledge was the Super Bowl in Houston. Mm. There was a hotel that was that was being used and there was over 100 men arrested. And every one of those girls were associated with a sex house. And I go, that's the network. That's happening. And they're starting to interview girls. And these girls are starting to talk and, and you're starting to see the commonalities yeah and i and, I, and then one of these girls gave an interview for a local station in houston mm -hmm. and she said no i'm from mexico i was told my parents were over here i wanted to see my parents i wanted to see my mom and i started to click i go there's a story of bribery you know lying there's coyotes that go that are men that are just there to trick girls to these come guys, over. These, AS, these yeah. alien smuggling organizations yeah. are ASOs. Yeah, and they're, and then I just started to see this web. And this web went all the way down to Nicaragua and El Salvador. Then I started to take my creative license. What's, mm -hmm. why would, what's the economic value or what's the economic drive that's driving this, these citizens out of their country? Is it gang related? Is it war related? Something's pushing them out. Right. And, and economic economic stress is one of them. And what what could be the country that's the worst in the world? Like I could go to Hong Kong and they're coming from Hong Kong. I could go to Thailand. The number one death capital, murder capital of the world, San Pedro Sula, Honduras, is, is just Wait, San Pedro Sula. Sula. In Venezuela? Where? No, it's in Honduras. In Honduras. Yeah. And so the capital of the murder capital of the world is San Pedro Sula at this time. This is a few, probably now five, six years ago, where there's an average of 30 to 40 people dying a day. It's it's a tr it's a drug route. It's it's has a big M13 contingency there. 30 to 40 people a day. day. I mean. It's insane. It's just, that's a huge number. Yeah. Just imagine that over the the week or the month. Yeah. And so you decide, like, uh, just let me just sum this up. In case anyone who's listening doesn't know, his wife is Kate Bosworth, who is one of my favorite actors. Actors, you can't say actress anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite actors. Uh, 
I love her. But, you know, again, you're looking at two people. Yeah. They are not what they seem on the surface. You look at Kate Bosworth. You look at this yeah. guy. You're like, now you guys decide together. Okay, so that's yeah. the murder capital of 30 to 40 people yeah. a day. Let's go down there, honey. Yeah. I said... Right. I said, what I'm, the fuck? Uh, investigating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No massage no parlors trailers. and risking. Yeah. You know, was, you know, this is not. Yeah. This is not a movie. Yeah, there's no real bright light bulb above my head right now. It's not a bright idea. <laughs> um, but it kind of is because look what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, look and what I go, you're if trying to If I get down help. there and I have a small footprint, I won't bring a DP cinematographer. I won't bring an AD. I said, I will be the person on the ground and I'll start this story. I'll shoot it. I'll direct it. I'll have sound, and I'll have a, an assistant. So there'll be three of us, and, and you're paying. Yeah, FYI. Yeah, and this just between. And Kate said, "I can't stop you, <laughs> and this is who you are." And you have that moment where she just goes, "But you got to do it. This is this is." You've been renegade since day one. Yeah. I mean, this is how you built your career. You just go do it. Yeah. You didn't take the money from the studios. You didn't, you know, it's like, so you're going to do it again. And she said, and we have money to do it. So you don't have to um, go through the, you wouldn't get insured for this movie. You're not going to get any insurance. You're not going to have anybody back you. It's dangerous. She goes, you're going to go in. This is scary. You're going to land. And we, and Did you at least hire some security down there? Yeah, I hired okay. a, one of the. We were talking about the SEAL team. Yep. I hired one of the SEAL teams, one of the members of a SEAL team, and, and he, he had his group. Yeah, and he was just he flagged me everywhere, and he was teaching. Thank God, and he just he had his eyeballs on everybody, and he understood being in a combat zone. He understood what we were into, how to never take huh. the same route home every day, never answer your door. How long are you there for? The whole trip, we were there for three weeks. Three with Kate? No, Kate mm-hmm. ended up staying staying on the border mm-hmm. by Tijuana and ran what we considered rec- her recon, which was satellites to track us. And she kept. Well, the you tra- had a full operation. Uh huh. That's that's actually tactical ops. Yeah. You went. You had a. You had, oh wow. Yeah. You had a sick. Who taught her that? Did your guy teach her that? No, my everybody got together. My dad was really your dad helpful. taught her. They'll yeah. run the. I'm sorry, I'm going to digress. They'll run these signal rooms, like the cigarette rooms. Yeah. They'll run them out of the worst shitty hotel, yeah. and they'll hang like a uh, a dirty piece of laundry yeah. out the window, and that's how you know it's the signal room. Yeah. And it stays there while they go on their operation. So Kate is actually Kate, being your comm person. Yeah, Kate. Ha! And He's a military ops. Awesome. That's Kate fucking great. And another gentleman watched our actions th- from a satellite but could tell what the hot spots were. We're saying, don't go over here. Don't go to Dorado. Don't go here. Don't go there. And she would send real-time imaging. Yeah. And <laughs> saying, That's don't go here. Awesome. It was really small, really small operation. I mean, we had a, all of us together were probably 12 people. You don't need a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You just need the right you had to, you people. You had to have somebody who <laughs> understood right how to plug into the net, the net situation, the net gap situation. So you guys are really like partners. Yeah. And, so she stayed at the like Yeah, for what real. What the fuck? She goes, Go on. I'll, 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 I'll pick you up at the border. Because <laughs> her down there is. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty. It's pretty sketchy. It's yeah, sus. It's, it's like not a, a it's you know, like, all it's taps. Serious. It's not, I'm scared. She's she's mouth to the light down there. You know, they're going to spot her really fast. Yeah. And we ended up. At least you have Mexican pants on. I know. (laughs) Mexican chinos. This right there. (laughs) The cardigan. Would end up having. (laughs) Yeah, you can't wear that down there. I'm sorry. No. 
I mean, I, mean guys, I had a beard like I mean, that was well. That's what all like special that. ops guys do. They like grow there, beards immediately. Like, yeah. Blend in. Hat, beard, Hat, dirt. And we took. <laughs> we took. I'm on and off right now. Yep, I'm good. You're, yeah, you're ready for action. Yeah. But I mean, you really you make this movie like mm-hmm. you shoot a fucking full blow. No, no. First of all, I have to say it's not easy to find the movie. So mm-hmm. can you please just tell people you where can they on can, iTunes now? Can you on yeah. iTunes now? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because at first, yeah. I didn't find it so easy to yeah. find. Mm-mm. So on iTunes, this movie, no, no. Yeah. And tell us what it stands for. No name, which was. The room that these girls were getting that they pretty much lose their name or they don't remember the name or they won't tell their name to anybody who they are. So they make up a name. And so there was, when you first asked, because I don't have a name, there's no name. So I just shortened it to no name. So it's a Nona. It's a good mean, title. And what yeah. happens when you release this thing? There's that flood. You, yeah. know, you have a lot of advocates that come out. You have a lot of support. Did you have any death threats? No. Um... But Thank on God. the but on the trip, there mm-hmm. was a lot of things we avoided. We would we were able yeah. to reroute going through Guatemala when you hit the south of Mexico, going to some some of the a lot of the cartels running through central Mexico, and it's a lot of it's avoidable. And I'm like, that looks great. Let's go shoot there, and you'd get a text: don't turn right. There's activity on this side, and that's from Kate. Yeah. In- don't do this. And then she, love it. and then she goes to Washington DC and speaks, I believe the organization's called vital voices and vital voices is one of the organizations that targets human trafficking. And, and so she goes to Washington DC and starts to speak on behalf and I'm filming. And vital voices also takes donations. So if yeah. you're listening, you know, they do yeah, need money great. to make this fight, but yeah, vital they're voices. great. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, go on. I'm going through Guatemala and there is a protest happening with these nuns and these women are talking about being sold as into slavery. And we drive by and we're in this covert van and there's eight of us in this van. And they said, Mike, do you want to stop? You could probably get some nice footage of this March. And this is pretty crazy. Yeah. I said, no, I don't think it's going to be, I said, getting in and out of this is going to be pretty hairy. So why don't we just pass it? I said, at this time we're pretty, exhausted from shooting in Honduras and this is our first night in Guatemala and we passed this rally. Right. Kate's in Washington DC and these ladies are from Guatemala mm-hmm. and they go I'm sorry your Kate, your husband, you spoke about this film. She goes, Did you hear? And she goes, What? She goes, Did you hear what happened in Guatemala? She goes, My husband's there. He's filming a movie. She goes, There was a protest happening and they rounded up the protest girls and they just shot them all. They murdered them all. Holy shit. And I was second. And she that's the only phone call in the entire trip. She calls me. She goes, Where are you where are you at right now? I said I just passed Guatemala. She goes, Can I have a minute to talk to you? She goes, You're okay, right? I said, Yeah, she goes, and you're gonna be okay, right? I said, I'm doing my best. She goes, Just give me your word. You're coming home. I said, Got it. I said, that's it. That was it. That was it. That was it. I mean, yeah, but rightly so. Yeah. I mean, at that point. But now, haven't you set up a foundation too? Yeah, we well, we through Nona we've set up, but it's basically just a channel to help other, you know, other people and get what's money. What's that called? It's under Nona. It's under yeah, Nona, and it's not official because it's not something we're taking a lot of money for. But we guide other people. So if they say they were going to donate, we we push the money towards other organizations. Right. The, to make sure the money gets yeah, to yeah. where it has to get right. to to actually help people. Right. And these are the organizations that are set up and working really hard to do their things. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, bogus organizations. Yeah. So let's make sure at yeah. least the money gets where it has right. to get. So, okay, 
we've been here forever, so we have to. A couple of things I want to ask you on right. on closing up as we move. This is what I want to ask. In all this time, from starting off in Centro, yeah, and Montana, yeah, and all these things that happened along this entire way, did you have moments where you visualize these things happening? And then answer that first. Somewhat, I would say everything that I've thought of watching a movie, I wanted, there's, there's dreams, right? So you have these visions of working with actors or doing direction, but like you're Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson, which ended up happening this, well, this year. That's important. So yeah. that's what I was trying to, yeah, you know, so take it, this road yeah, yeah. to get to, but yeah. you, you start Let's off do the evil Knievel thing and just jump. Okay, great. You start off Mel yeah. Gibson, Mad Match, like, yeah. holy shit, you're investigating yeah. him. And now yeah, you this, end up working with him. Yeah. And well, tell me just a little about that before we close up. Cause uh, it was, you know, it's amazing. It was, you know, it's, at this point in my career, that beginning circle, so I, I do feel this next chapter is very brand new mm. because I've pretty much crossed all the boxes and checked all the boxes I wanted. And having worked with Mel Gibson was that, and then doing a movie with Al Pacino, having these guys that you were so far away from and being able to collaborate with them and direct them and work on the script with, that's another level that you just you never expect because you're collaborating with artists and you find out that they're relatable. They, they do the same things you do. Hmm. They talk the same. They love movies. Like they Mel pick up talk, their dog shit in the they lawn. Do, they do. It's they the same eat, stuff. They, they do. I heard Trump end on them. <laughs> Unless they eat rice. <laughs> you right. Funny. The, okay, the idea that, I started admiring these actors and I started to work with them. You have to say, is a dream come true? Yeah. And that's when your dream comes true. Right. So you've, you've done, it's like that line in um, broadcast news. Yeah. What happens when your life exceeds your dreams? Right. You know, and it's kind of where you're sitting. Yeah. You got, and now I'm at the point where, Oh, by the way, I have to, to say this. You. You're yeah. happily married in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, like that's not a, that's a, that's not a small yeah. accomplishment no. either. None of your life like... have been small accomplishments. Yeah. What? I, I live in North Hollywood and I can have a hard time staying happy in there. I know, but <laughs> have, look at this guy and look at his wife. I mean, like the oh, two, I know, it's, amazing. it's like, yeah, and they're happily married. It's not like they're out or separate. Like they are really like what you aspire if you want that. It's like, and it doesn't exist that much. No, it's, like, it's pretty incredible. And you do I, shit together. Yeah, based that on the watching the Flintstones, it worked for them. <laughs> <laughs> it really did though. It's they not, really worked. Listen, yeah. I always work better in a relationship. I have to tell you, but yeah. it's finding one. And it's, to, yeah, it, it, to both of you to find each other in this. The, the compliment because I'm not an actor; she's not a director. So to have that relationship is is neat. She's a beautiful woman, and I'm I'm a big fan still. So it's, I'm with when, you. I, when I watch her, how both of the you. hell did you that? How'd you? <laughs> figure that out i just don't have the ability so the admiration is is massive uh, again i tried acting yeah. and i realized i didn't have the ability so oh, my you. admiration is way yeah, massive yeah, and i studied with ivana chubbig yeah. at, which is how i the right. one time met kate right was through right. ivana yeah uh so do you have I, I know like, your mug on the screen yo don't i'm terrible do you have it don't they're not talking about me fuck me yeah. <laughs> don't 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 <laughs> yeah that's not make me uncomfortable <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to ask, Mike? I, I, I don't. I mean, I am just in awe of all these pieces, and it's just really interesting. Um, you know, I've, you've been teaching me how to watch the threads and stuff, and to kind you. of see the through that, lines of all this stuff. And it's as I, I learned about your dad and what he's done, and then yep. the Mel Gibsons and the Tom Cruises. Your dad was basically this big kind of template, template yeah. hero for a lot of these yeah. things yeah. that you followed. But 
Yeah. Um, well, you're bringing out an important thing, which is this. When we started this interview, yeah. I said, I don't see where the influence of making conjoined twins. Or, yeah. Yes, you're twins, but yeah. I don't see these weird astronaut yeah. armor, these things. And now, you know, as we talk, yeah. as we get into it, it all makes perfect sense. Everything you wrote about was being insulated yeah. or yeah. isolated and around these. Everything is a fabric. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, of it's, your a, life. it's a pretty hell of a quilt. Yeah. It really is, yeah. and you're still making it. Yeah, and when you build that quilt, nice thing about quilts is you can always add on to them. Do you think your brother and you will make another movie together? You know, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. That'll probably be part three. Okay, so let's leave it at that. Yeah. But, you know, just know there are a lot of people who wouldn't oh, it would be, mind it, that. It would be... But there are also a lot of people... It, it would be just bonkers. The same amount of people, though, who wouldn't yeah. mind watching that yeah. would like to see your next movie all by yourself. Yeah. And that's something we're waiting yeah. for as well. So well, why don't you, you guys stop? come over and hang out? And yeah, and we'll just encourage you. Yeah, yeah, we'll just sit there and encourage you with mics. Be like, so what are you working yeah. on? What are you doing? Have hey, you written yet? Hey, Mike, you're the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is great. This I, I really, I, I really appreciate Michael, it, Michael. Thank you so and, much I, for coming. And I really and sharing. appreciate that you guys take the time out to explore other people's, you know, creative craft. And thank you. If I was listening to you guys at my certain age, it would have been really encouraging to keep doing it because it's really ice. You know, that, it's really encouraging to have a voice out in, here in Hollywood, in North Hollywood, in Burbank that says, hey, look, at, we can identify what you're going through. And that we didn't have that. We just didn't have that. That's why, honestly, yeah. thank you for saying yeah. that because that is why we do this because there's one person who's yeah. sitting out there feeling alone yeah. and isolated like knows they want to be here. Yeah. Someone like yourself is showing them there's a way. And it, I, I it wish I happen. Yeah, I wish I had Cliff Dorfman yeah. around to help teach me the craft and also show me how to program my uh, cable box for porno. <laughs> you know what? That would have worked. Three and seven, folks. Uh, Three all, and seven. All I know is that when you see Cliff, there is such a great dark side. <laughs> Thank you for being here today, folks, on the Cliff Dorfman Show. You're so right, by the way. Oh, God, it's awful. I just love it. I just, it's, yeah, it's, I can, you, you read me and put the threads together. Yeah, I mean. You, no, the, you nailed it. The, the, the quilt, <laughs> I got nothing to say. The quilt that you, uh, like you, rushing, and you <laughs> feeling like a hot kind of flash right it. now. Ladies and gentlemen, right. Michael Polish. Thank, thank you, you Michael. Thank you, Mac. Thank you as always. Thank you. All right. 